gospel reading for this evening comes from the first Sunday of Advent's lectionary readings. I'm reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 to 37. Listen for God's word to us today. Jesus said, in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I think of Advent, I think of the angel Gabriel announcing to Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Or I think of Elizabeth's child leaping for joy within her womb at the expectant Mary's arrival. But there is none of that in Mark's gospel. In fact, Mark's gospel skips the birth stories altogether and begins with the prophetic voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. It's followed by Jesus' adult baptism. But instead of a text that celebrates either the beginning of Jesus' life or the start of his life-changing ministry, we're given a text that appears closer to the end of Mark's gospel than its beginning a text that makes no mention of Jesus' birth, but instead references earthquakes and famines, the beginning of birth pangs and the end of time. What are we to make of all the prophetic language? The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven. Then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. The Advent referenced here is not the first, but the second, the anticipation of Christ coming again. Early Christians expected Jesus' imminent return, but do we? Under normal circumstances, I'd say no, but there is nothing normal about our current circumstances. With a global pandemic accounting today for roughly 275,000 deaths in our country alone, 
or an extensive climate catastrophe on our hands that includes out of control wildfires, droughts, hurricanes, and earthquakes, or the widespread racial reckoning, the result of continued anti-Black violence, protracted wars, terrorist activities at home and abroad, and a political divide in this country like we've never seen before. Maybe the world is coming to an end. Maybe heaven and earth are about to pass away. Yet our text for today tells us that when it comes to the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven or the Son of Man. Ours is not to wonder how or when, but to remain ready, to keep alert, to be on the watch, to stay awake. But of course, that's easier said than done. Years ago, I remember waking up one morning after a good night's sleep to find that my car, which was only parked a few feet away from where I was sleeping indoors, had been broken into. My prized Alpine stereo had been taken, speakers and all. I remember thinking that had I only known it was going to happen, I would have stayed up to prevent it. Is that what Mark means here? Let's take a closer look. Our text is part of a longer chapter in Mark's gospel, often referred to as the Little Apocalypse. It consists of Jesus' prophecy regarding the destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem and the return of the Son of Man. It speaks of persecution and suffering, of coming wars and earthquakes and famines, and the necessity of keeping alert. Its location in Mark's gospel is also telling. It comes later in the gospel, just before the Passion narrative, before the Lord's Supper, the betrayal of Jesus, his arrest and trial, his death and resurrection. It served as a reminder to the early church of the importance of watchfulness, something the disciples failed to take to heart at the time of the crucifixion. They were warned to be watchful, but they didn't do it. Even the women who found the tomb empty failed to understand the meaning of watchfulness, and instead they ran in fear. Reading it today at the start of Advent serves as a reminder to all of us of the importance of our being watchful. It also helps to connect the first Advent with the second. We are waiting and watching for one who has already come, you might say. We are people who eagerly anticipate God's coming into the world anew, even as we recall the fulfillment of that hope in the birth of Jesus some 2,000 years ago. This in-between time that we live in matters. And Mark gives us clear directions about what we should be doing. Like a doorkeeper watching for his master return, we are to be on the watch, awake, alert, and ready. We're also told why our patience is needed. Beware that no one leads you astray, Jesus says earlier in Mark's gospel. There are many inside and outside the church who claim to know what time it is and who claim to know what the latest crisis is all about, be it political or religious, economic, ecological, or social. So the question becomes, which voice are we going to listen to? Not all of them know what time it truly is or what response is appropriate. 
Watchfulness is necessary because only God knows what time it is. Only God knows what the real crisis is. And only God knows what's needed right now. If we're not paying attention, Mark points out, we're liable to be led astray. As people of faith, we're to put our trust in God and in God alone, knowing that God does not leave us unaccompanied, nor does God leave us without hope, even now, especially now. We are expecting presence this Advent season, expecting God to appear in ways that will inspire, direct us, and enable us. Mark, in our reading for today, motivates us to keep watch, to not worry ourselves with trying to figure out when the end will come or how the final chapter will be written. Those things are not to be of our concern. Rather, our charge as presented here is to keep alert, to stay awake, lest Christ return and find us napping. In the apocalyptic worldview, to be alert and awake is to engage in faithful witness, writes Lenora Tubbs Tisdale. In the Gospel of Mark, this means to continue doing what Jesus said, to grow in discipleship, to announce the coming of the realm of God, and to carry this ministry into the world. In Mark's world, Tisdale goes on to say, these acts of witness all point towards social justice, for they point toward the realm of God as a social world in which all circumstances and relationship fully manifest God's purposes of love and justice, of peace, mutual support, and abundance. As part of the Richmond Hill community, faithful witness means continuing to work and pray for the healing of metropolitan Richmond. Those things keep us on track. Those things keep us alert and awake. How they're going to change things, we don't really know. Or when our praying can stop or, or when our work will be done, we can't really say. But we do know that continuing to work and pray for the healing and transformation of the wider community is faithful and in keeping with the example that we see in Jesus. It's Christ-like for us to love neighbor as self and to seek justice, to love kindness and walk humbly with God. Unless we are to lose our way or rest on our laurels, today's text also serves as a warning as well. A siren call, waking us from those moments when we are complacent or have become lackadaisical, thinking we have all the time in the world to do what Christ is asking us to do. No, says Mark, the situation is more urgent than that. Time is of the essence. We must live it in such a way that we make a difference now. Keep alert, be on the watch, stay awake. You don't know the day or the hour, so be attentive. I like how French philosopher and poet Henry Frederick Emile puts it in words that I've learned here at Richmond Hill. He says, life is short and we do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who journey with us. So be swift to love, make haste to be kind, and may the blessings of God who made us, who loves us, and who travels with us, be with us forevermore. Amen.